Join us for an immersive personal encounter with a single work of art as seen through the eyes of an art historian. You're listening to In the Foreground Object Studies, a podcast series from the Research and Academic Program at the Clark Art Institute. In this episode, Jordan Horton, who is a master's student in the Williams College Graduate Program in the History of Art, shows us how Ramara Bearden's collage, The Dove of 1964, crackles with the syncopated rhythms of jazz and the compression of urban space. My name is Jordan Horton, and I'm going to be talking about The Dove by Ramara Bearden, uh, which comes from 1964. The Dove um, was made in 1964, and it's a 13 a roughly a 13 by 18 inch um, cut and pasted print paper, gouge pencil and color pencil on board. And to put it plainly, the Dove is a collage depicting an apartment building in Harlem and all the that inhabit it. There are black and white photo clippings, um, which contrast against this vibrant brick red background or backdrop of the neighborhood and wash gray of the sidewalk. And there are figures in it, and the figures aren't really figures, but rather actions such as hands holding cigarettes or skinny legs walking or sly eyes peering and other body parts to suggest the many people who make this space special. And the sharpness of Bearden's cuts and like these very unapologetic proportions, no attempt to make this a full person um, that creates a chaos in a loose and unstable path of logic and neatness, a silent cacophony to the eye. Bearden assures the viewer that this energy created by his arrangement is good and peaceful with one clear-cut dove perched at the top of this building. And the dove tells the viewers that this looks messy to you, but is home to me. And everything you see is exactly where it belongs. And the people here are right with that. And to support Bearden's structure, you can see key things such as um, an outline of a street cat that is on the bottom left corner, which is diagonal to the top of where the bird is perched. Um, And also slightly removed from noise of the, the main scene to further frame his 1960s Harlem experience. There's a key and obvious relationship between music and art and how it relates to reality. And his work grapples with arranging images into a more significant and definite form with definite relationships. There's footage of Bearden that he's talking about his process and he says paintings do have moods. There are some people, there are people, there are things going on in them, sometimes just forms and colors. And I think that the dove really captures what he's saying there. And he treats his work like he's a composer. Um, He makes your eyes dance around the figures. There's just so much going on in this, in the dove and, just a lot of his work, but especially the dove, um, that you, your eyes just can't stay still. It, it's looking to make sense and piece together relations of this. Um, 
And he does that with figures and shapes and colors in his collage. And the dub, it, it captures urban life during a turn for American culture generally and African-American life specifically. When I first saw the dub, I was in my junior year of undergrad in a class called Racial Identity and Photography. And this was a unit where we were talking about Harlem Renaissance um, and Great Migration. When I first saw the dub in that class, I, I thought that it looked like how jazz sounds. Um, I knew Bearden had a jazz connection without knowing anything about Bearden. And it being a depiction of Harlem and later on knowing that Bearden had a jazz enthusiasm confirmed that. And while there's a lot going on in this collage, um, one thing that stood out to me was space or lack thereof. In terms of right now, space and how space looks in jazz composition. Um, not only does this tight-knit space that this collage plays out puts a visualization of the broken jazz time style, um, it also makes me think of the importance of improv and jazz music and how I, I know in a lot of Bearden's techniques, um, he started collages not knowing how they would end he just kind of worked with it. So if I put something in the top left, I'm going to, you know, complement it in the bottom right. So not necessarily a symmetry, but a, a thoughtful filling out and just seeing where it goes rather than knowing how it's going to end up. Another thing I think about is how jazz and blues shows how changes in art and musical style reflect and influence changes in society. Blues was really just telling you, I am sad for whatever reason, you know, like my life is, you know, a mess because of racial inequality and, you know, whatever personal issues are going on and jazz very much took after that. And so you can see how this image, this image just shows how, what, how life was going. He was born in 1911 and he moved from North Carolina to New York. Um, and so therefore he was about a teen in the middle of the Harlem Renaissance and not only like during the 1920s, but lived in Harlem um, or New York broadly and wasn't a result of the great migration between his family and himself. I knew he was a songwriter and he, record, he, he wrote some songs and recorded and went to school with people such as Dizzy Gillespie and was influenced by abstraction and cubism and artists such as Diego Rivera. Um, and then later goes to join the Harlem group, the Spiral in the 60s. So just an all around Renaissance man making Renaissance work. I am reading a book by Sadia Hartman called Wayward Lives, Beautiful Experiments, Intimate Histories of Riotous Black Girls, Troublesome Women, and Queer Radicals, which came out in 2019. She's talking about the a tenement apartment um, and who lived there and, and what it was like. And it's this passage that says, it is ugly and brutalizing and it's where you stay. It doesn't matter if you don't love the place 
you love the people residing there. It is as close to home as you'll get. It is as transient resting place and impossible refuge for those forced out, pushed on, displaced always. They stay, but they never settle. The hallway is a space uneasy with expectation and teased with the force of unmet desires. It is the liminal zone between the inside and the outside for the one who stays in the ghetto. The reformer documenting the habits of the poor passes through without noticing it, failing to see what can be created in cramped space, if not an overture, a desecration, or to regard our beautiful flaws and terrible ornaments. This hallway never appears in the lantern slideshow, only the one who resides in the tenement knows it. And man, I just really connected to this piece where this looks like chaos to an outsider, but once again, going back to the dove, this is totally, you know, all right. And as peaceful as it's going to be for the people who live there. And just the connection of how Black people, we've always had to work within the space that's been given to us and how space restrictions and borders are eternally colonial. And just this resistance to live in the most unwanted or the most or the smallest unlooked at place, I think the dove captures lovely. Thank you for listening to In the Foreground, Object Studies, a podcast from the Research and Academic Program at the Clark Art Institute. The Clark sits on the ancestral homelands of the Mohican people. We acknowledge the tremendous hardship of their forcible removal from these homelands by colonial settlers. A federally recognized nation, they now reside in Wisconsin and are known as the Stockbridge-Munsee community. As we learn, speak, and gather here at the Clark, we pay honor to their ancestors past and present, and to future generations, by committing to building a more inclusive and equitable space for all. This series is created and produced by me, Caitlin Woolsey, with assistance from Caro Fowler, Samantha Page, and Jesse Centivan. Sound editing and musical interludes composed by John Butine, and theme music by Light Chaser. To see images and more information about the artwork discussed, please visit clarkart.edu slash podcast slash object studies.